Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shake in In FL and Dave. Damn a shake. Hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Hope your Thanksgiving holiday was swell. Mine certainly was. I gorged myself on all sorts of food and football. And uh, let's get into it, as we always do, with our old pal from NFL.com, the author of the Pick 6 column and beyond, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? How was your Thanksgiving? I am grinning from ear to ear. Why? You see the smile on my face. Why it's, so? It's it's not so much Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was awesome. The games were good. The weekend was good. But, Dave, we are sitting here. My cheeks are sitting in the chair of the Dave Damashek Broadcast Center, Studio 66 at NFL Network. It's a momentous day for the NFL. Please, Adam, please don't go Nick Novak in the, there, uh, in the, <laughs> in the new studio. Too late, yes. I will try you to You did already? That. I will try oh, to man. In the future, I can't contain myself. But look, it's like this. There was <laughs> Here's the way I look at the, the history of the You're NFL. You're a grown man. There was the, uh, the Huntmobile showroom in Canton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Don Hudson. There was the uh, 58. Astrodome. Uh, Dome 58 Stadium was probably game. pretty big. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just saying momentous occasions, and then you know a bunch of other stuff happened, and then it's the Dave, the opening of the Dave Damashek Broadcast Center Studio 66 at NFL Network, and I and I understand, and people will come up and they'll be like, well, what do you mean, like? But there were other shows that that were they're taped here previously. You guys weren't the first, and I'm like, well, of course, that's always going to be the case because this isn't just a place for the Dave Damashek football program. It's for the entire Dave Damashek family of football podcasts. Yeah. The Cover 2, the Coaches Show, Eisen, Fantasies podcast, all of those. But here's the thing. When you when they open I welcome them, them with open arms. And it's for everybody. We 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 welcome everybody. We we welcome just like just like, you know, uh, you what know, do I say all the time, Adam? What do I say behind closed doors? I yeah. say I say, you know, people talk about a place of business, you know, especially the NFL. It makes sense to use the uh, the metaphor that we're a team for me. Not strong enough. We're a family, a family. Absolutely. And just like when people, you know, Texas Stadium opened, it didn't open with the Cowboys. It opened with you, too. Cowboys Stadium, Cowboys Stadium, yes. whatever they call it. <laughs> the one I was snowed into Jerry Dome. Jerry Dome. Yeah, Jerry's well. So episode, I mean, so uh, so it's Studio 66. It's the Dave Damashek Podcast Center. You've anointed it that, Broadcast right? Center. Broadcast yes. Center. I'm sorry. Please. We need to get a sign the on Dave, the doors. It's so, coming. That I saw one of the workers today. We were actually haggling over that he wanted to make sure he had all the details, everything, all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. And this ashtray over here, I want it to be called the uh, heretofore. I think it should be called the uh, the Adam Rank ashtray. <laughs> Is that okay with you? Thank you. All right, I appreciate it. Perfect. And uh, behind the glass there, wow, this is like a professional studio now because this we're actually fancy. separated by glass. I feel like we're we're actually professionals here. It's our uh, our producer, Black Tie. What's going down, Black Tie? 
How's it going, fellas? Just appropriate. It in. Yeah, appropriate name for you here because this is uh, this is formal. a black tie event, a formal, formal event. It's great to be here today. Um, also- All right, enough talk. <laughs> Enough of the talk, Jeez. Black Tie. What do you make it happen for us today? Was, how are we gonna How are we gonna ring in this uh, special occasion auspiciously? I have a surprise for you guys later on. All right. Yep. A big guest. Maybe. I want right. a guest. That's what I want. Uh, what's, what? what's big to you, Adam here's, Rank? What's here's, big? What do you mean what, by big? Here's what I'm gonna Vince ask Wolf you. Or. And you know what? And I'm sorry. You know, not in stature, but I'm gonna say this: Rank's belly. <laughs> Since the Dave Damashek Broadcasting Center, Studio 66 at NFL Network, since it's based in Los Angeles, I want an L.A. hero. I want somebody with some L.A. ties. If you can make that happen, somebody who either, you know, played for one of the pro teams here, grew up here, maybe even. Are there cars. any, is there, is there anyone still alive who Plenty. played uh, in L.A.? We've had him on our show that's right. That's right. And it is episode 36, as a matter of fact. Why don't we do that real quick before we jump into uh, we want to before we get there is definitely going to be a guest, though, Black Tie. Most likely. All right. We we'll will see. have to use it's our a surprise. Time. We'll see. I'll All tell right. you, Black we have, to use, don't, don't, we have to use our time judiciously. Then, don't Frank. hang your hot. Don't, don't hang your uh, top hat here if you uh, can't get a guest. I want to, first of all, as we do with each episode, number 36 is the episode number. And uh, we honor that episode by naming the player, the football player and athlete who wore that number best. And this one's pretty easy here. Former L.A. Ram, number 36, Jerome Bettis, the bus rank. That's a great one. Got to go with him, right? Who else is even the out best, there? Robin Roberts? The best uh, football player has to be has to be Bettis. Let's see, Merton Hanks wore 36, right? Merton Hanks. I liked Hanks. You know, history, was, that's one of those things that history has forgotten. If, if, if uh, you're a kid out there and you don't remember what he used to do, he'd intercept the ball and he would shake his head so yes. violently. Uh, what was his nickname? He had uh, a, a nickname. E.T., the Stork. Some yeah, but Something. I mean, boy, he had some crazy, it, weird, long neck, and he would shake it his violently. His neck wore thirty six and a half. <laughs> um, so I guess this is a, a Brian, quick one. Brian Westbrook. Oh yeah, Brian Westbrook. I think he did Lawyer Malloy. I think Marion Motley at one point because hmm. he was seventy six. But I think I think when uh, when Otto Graham had to go from sixty to fourteen, Motley went from seventy six to thirty six. I had to check that out. Uh, Metal Lark Lemon, but didn't David go- Cohn? I remember when he pitched that no hitter. Was it a perfect game? Didn't he have the thirty six on his back uh, in Yankee? Did Stadium. you ever notice that the what, did it did it offend you? But he that- also wore seventeen somewhere. I feel like yes. Was that with the Royals? Maybe. Anyway, continue. Did it ever offend you that when David Cohn pitched that they always made a conscious effort to say it's Cohn C O N E? What do you mean? So because they didn't want anybody to think it's not Cohen. Just want to let everybody know at was home. Was I offended by Jewish. that? He's not No, I never, I never made that. We to point out he's not Jewish. It's C-O-N-E. It's not Cohen. They couldn't Just give a, us one? Yeah. We couldn't have one? You Sandy got, Koufax? You had Koufax, and that, was it? that was it. But also, so 36 uh, plays, or played, no, plays in Angel Stadium, right? So, baddest football, Jared Weaver. Well, it's not better than Robin Roberts was, the great Phillies pitcher. In time, Adam. In, in time. time. Let's stick Weaver. with her. All right, so Wait. let's uh, – go ahead. What do you have to oh, say? Oh, Verlander's 35. We, we did 35, yeah. Um, by the way, thanks to everybody for checking out the Shame Report this week, uh, Gangbusters' uh, response to that one, in spite of the fact that the NFL stepped in and said uh, a cert- there was a certain team from the NFL mm-hmm. who has a certain player right. who kicks for them uh-huh. who did something untowards. Right. Number near one. It, he it. doesn't wear number one. But the he deed number was number one. one. Okay, and the, he he raised his finger. They didn't like and said I'm number one. Something like that. They something. didn't they didn't want that to be uh, to be shown. So uh, they, in the shame report. So that was a late removal from it. And yet, can I say people about, still enjoyed it? And I appreciate you checking that out at NFL.com. And you can check out all the stuff, all the hooey and applesauce at DaveDamashek.NFL.com. And of course, this podcast is available on iTunes. And we encourage nay demand that you go and uh, and subscribe to it. A S A N P N P. Yeah. This <laughs> bringing the, the, our little conversation there full circle. <laughs> What do you have to say, Ray? Because we have a lot to do. If, in fact, Black Tie does come through with his promises of, uh, of a guest, chop, chop, fella. I'll be honest. I'm not holding my breath. He's got to impress me here. He, he, you know, we've gone through a lot of producers here. This is, a, this is a machine, you know, that we just kind of, it's like quarterbacks for the Texans. We mm-hmm. just go, we're just cycling them through right now. 
I see. Well, um, by the way, kudos. We, we uh, you know, in this time of celebration, the uh, the baptism of the new Studio sixty six, Thanksgiving, Christmas on the way, Hanukkah as well. Mm-hmm. All these great things are happening. How about Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler? They, you know, Jay Cutler isn't making hay on the field, but apparently he is off the field. It's back on, everybody. <laughs> They're getting married. Well, good for them. Good for these two kids, right? I'm ecstatic. Caleb Haney, indeed. Caleb <laughs> Haney happens to be the best thing that ever happened, and I'm not mocking uh, poor Caleb there, fell into the starting gig all of a sudden. But he's the best thing that ever happened to teams like Detroit, and the Giants and Atlanta because the way Chicago had been playing with Cutler, they were destined to get that uh, that five seed or at worst the six seed. Now though, teams like Detroit are still alive. Let's get into it here, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's I'm it. I'm conflicted because I don't like the phrase. I I hate when people say if the season ended today. It's ending Here's today. A- it's not ending today. Oh, that's the thing. When people throw started. out that, if the season ended today, here's what would happen. Well, the, I, I don't think uh, the commission has any plans to end the season, so why do we have this conversation? And yet I want to have it anyway because, as you know, one of my creeds, Rank, uh-huh. is that once you can smell the bird, you can tell <laughs> – yeah, that's right, the Thanksgiving bird. Once you smell the Thanksgiving bird – you, you can identify who the turkeys are and who the contenders are. I just oh, am making this one up. That's not really that's a creed. Great, that's a great one. Uh, why would you, why well, would you back off that? I haven't really Did formally not, put that I'm one down I'm sorry if yet. I wasn't giving you enough, you know, nonverbal reassurance while you were swimming through that one. But that was pretty good. All right. So, yes. So, But with that in mind, now we can start to look at these because, as I mentioned on the shame report, my my brain starts swimming with what the possibilities are. Mm -hmm. You know, I put out a request to Santa Claus for what I would most like to see. Now, I don't hide the fact, as you know, I don't hide. That's one of uh, one. Of, uh, this is another one of our creeds here on the show. Is we oh, this is a real one? We wear our fan flag proudly. We're not going to hide it. What, 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 well, what, what's the credibility of? Uh, you do. I, th- I would say you do that well. I'm. I think I'm more non-biased. Well, you don't have a no, no, no. I'm certainly I'm very, no, no, no. I'm Let me say fit. this. I am biased. I'm. I, I definitely have a rooting oh, you're, interest. You're, I'm saying you weigh up, but I do not. But I'm able to be objective. I'm still able to be objective about yeah. things. Who picked the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl? Who stands by the Ravens? I'm not a fan of the Ravens. I still think they go to the Super Bowl. I get but what, what you're I, I But I see what you're doing. What I said? No, I'm not reverse jinxing anything. Oh, you're grandstanding. Listen to what I'm telling you. I said before the season it would be the Packers over the Ravens. I yes. stand by that pick. I still think it's going to go down that way. But let's say that the Steelers are not going to the Super Bowl. The game that I'd most like to see, the one that America would like to see, the Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots. How how dandy would that be? And, by the way, they have the two worst pass defenses in the game. What would the final score to that game be? I mean, legitimately, it would. it's hard to envision either side really stopping each other more than once or twice over the course of 60 minutes. I mean, right. the score would be 298 to, to 293 or something crazy like that. Would they be have gone for two? Is that how they got to two ninety three? I don't. Yeah, I, uh, the math is. I'm not exactly sure on that. There might have been a safety in there somewhere. Now, there would have been at least two field goals in there. But I mean, what a, what a game that would be! And then how about we proceed that one with an NFC title game of the uh, of the Saints and Packers? That would be another peach. And then um, that's happening. I would say. You do think so? Yeah. Well, well, let's go through it. Let's start with the AFC. And as of right now, if the season ended today, what? Rank, it's not ending. Uh, Don't worry. Huh? They're going to continue with it started. as far as I know. I have not heard anything that would indicate otherwise. But right now, do you know who your number one seed is in the, in the AFC? The Patriots, right? Or is it the Ravens? Well, no, it's a team that plays in the Lone Star State. It's the Houston Texans. The Texans are still number one. With their starting quarterback, TJ Yates and or... Jake DeLome. So they're, they're I don't know the tiebreaker. That's right. Right they're the now. tiebreaker over the Patriots. Can you imagine this? And, you know, I said it last week, and Matt Leinert uh, got hurt, as you know, and now is out for the season. But I like them still finishing at worst with the number two seed with Leinert, and I didn't see anything in that first half that uh, shook me off of that opinion. But now he's done. Now it's even more in question. I still say that that team winds up with the number two seed. Yeah, it's hard. The schedule's pretty easy. T.J. Yates, I don't know if he's going to be good. Jake DeLome, I don't think he's going to come out. It's, All done... he has to do. But he's proven that if you give him a good receiver, if you give him yes. a solid running game, he's fine. We, we've seen him thrive uh, can, with Steve Smith, out, though, for years yeah, and you, years and years You can throw out. You can throw out what he did 
with Cleveland because I, I'd be hard-pressed to find any quarterback who would make that offense work. Going to the Texans, throw it to Dre Johnson, look for Owen Daniels, hand the ball off to Arian Foster. Safe passes, pound the ball, let the defense uh, do its thing, and I, I, I absolutely believe that this team is in better shape than the Bears are with Caleb Haney because of uh, the construct of the rest of the team. But I will say this, if this because the Texans always come so close and then fail every year, that if the Texans do not make the playoffs this year, just fold the operation. No, that, the, Pull the no, plug. no, Just no, no. Be Circumstantial injuries, be, key injuries. But that's part of it. I get it, but this that's is these these are, truly, these are truly these are truly devastating people, injuries. People forget had. this, but they they that franchise was supposed to was earmarked for Los Angeles, and then McNair came up. And, well, it looks like the dominoes are starting to fall. The Jags. I've been talking with people who would know. All right, we'll get to that. Let's go back to the playoffs. We'll get to that because I've got I thoughts your on team that. out here. Uh, out I've here, uh, Captain got Ray. thoughts on that. So, all right, number one seed, Houston Texans. You know who they'd be playing? The Cincinnati Bungles. No, Not the they, great. They would have. Oh, I'm sorry. No, scratch that. Scratch. So that. I'm sorry. I'm not looking Patriots at it. Would It'd have be the weeks. Ravens and the Bungles. The, yeah, the Patriots would be the two seed. So it would be the Ravens hosting the Bungles. I think, uh, I, you know, the Bungles have taken a run at them there. I could I could see them hanging in that game, but I think the Ravens would get that one done. Would, they, uh, would the Ravens still be getting the benefit of the doubt on the close calls? Like the Jermaine Gresham uh, non-touchdown? I'm not questioning. Why can't they? Let me just say as a side note, I wanted to mention this last week after the Jermaine Gresham touchdown go to the ground in possession of the football, the cockamamie irrational rule that uh, that that applies no common sense whatsoever. The, why can't the NFL go with the system that the NHL employs for review, which is they go off, if there's a questionable play, they send it off to the nerve center in Toronto. Now, we don't have to keep the NFL nerve center in the Great White North. It can be in New York for all I could care. Could be here. Yeah, could be in L.A. I don't care, but either way, they dispatch it up there. There are three, I believe, objective people looking at it dispassionately. See, they're not influenced by the fans. What is the point? What is the ceremony of a middle-aged to elderly old man running off the field to put his head under a hood. Is that TV even in HD <laughs> in 2011? What kind of technology is being employed here? Why don't they send it up to three people who are sitting around and say, like, and, and, and by the way, it would take half the time, too. Right. It was just like, hey, we're reviewing this one. Bang. Result right back. Guy sitting there looking at it. How can we decide? We can see it within three seconds. Whether I he want caught this. It or not. Matter of fact, I want this gig. I I want to be one of these three. I want to okay. be like in Minority Report. I'll Done. lay it. I'll lay in a in a hot tub watching games on my back all day. Just put the monitors up on the ceiling, a bunch <laughs> of flat screens. I'll lay there floating in a hot tub and. I'd, no, I'd rather you not be there. You would I'd that, rather you not be there. You would get that Emperor of Rome feeling <laughs> too soon. Oh, give me the Green Bay game. It amuses me. <laughs> I don't think you should be in there, though. You would displace Fine. too much water, and I might drown. Now, here's the thing. So we would have the, uh, the so that would be one game, would be the Ravens hosting the Bungles. And then the other one, how about this for a dandy? Dun, the dun, Oakland dun, Raiders dun, 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 host the Pittsburgh Steelers. That would be so steeped in, in storylines. The Steelers paying a visit, arch rivals of the 70s in the postseason, and the Raiders, Al Davis, I think they are going to end up uh, holding on here. I, you know, I think uh, all this Tebow sideshow stuff is, is great, but I still think that uh, the Raiders are going to get it done in that division. So they'll be the, they would be the four seed as of right now. The Steelers would roll in there. Who do you think would win that game, Ray? Raiders. Do you really? I've been on record saying that I think the Raiders are going to be the AFC. Their game is about running the ball. The Steelers have uh, have stiffened a bit there. They're not uh, you know, the, early in the season. We remember what but Ray Rice the did to them and Arian Foster. The mystique of Al Davis. You think Al would would uh, lay the hand from the heavens and the hand of some sort of God? I don't know, but uh, wow, that so that that would be a peach of a game. I think the Steelers actually would would pull that one out, and I think that 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 would then set up. A Ravens at Patriots game, and we remember what Baltimore did pounding the ball on them. I think that's obviously the weakness, continues to be the weakness of the Patriots is that defense. Bill Belichick, defensive wizard, and yet in eight years he hasn't had a good defense. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that being said, that would be a fantastic, you know, they talk about Frazier and Ali going toe-to-toe right. and the, the, the matchup, the styles make the matchup kind of thing. Boy, that, the two uh, two diametrically opposed teams just as they were a couple of years ago when the Ravens whipped them. I'd love to see that game. Then the 
Then the Texans hosting the Steelers or the Raiders. That would be an interesting game, too. A team that has never been to the postseason with the home field advantage against a team like Pittsburgh would be a fascinating one. To me, that would set up this, though, Rank. Because mm-hmm. I, I do think the Steelers would knock off Oakland. But if I am right about that, what you would get then is, if, and if the Steelers then knocked off the Texans, which, which, is, would, which yeah. is a stretch. But, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the moment and Jake DeLome or TJ Yates, whoever it is, you know, maybe uh, Dick LeBeau could turn uh, – could. Uh, they, they could uh, tune up uh, some blitz packages. I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to talk more and more like uh, the NFL talking heads. Mm-hmm. Tune up a blitz, oh, the exotic yeah. blitz packages. If it was created on the Pennsylvania-Ohio border, it uh, ceases to be exotic. Can sure. we stop calling them exotic? Yes. And yet I just did. Um, but what about if you, could, if you had either the Steelers at the Ravens or the Steelers at uh, New England? That would be a dandy one. And then Green Bay is obviously going to— if the uh, season ended today, it would be Baltimore would be playing home. Hey, I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but uh, the season isn't over yet, so can we— What? Yeah, it's okay. not. Hold on. Anyway. Hold on one second there, Black oh, Tie. I got to do this. Loud, I get 49ers it. would get the other by New Orleans, believe it or not, as good as they looked uh, the other oh, night. Come on. The they, Packers. Would, they would have to play in week one of the playoffs. They would be hosting, guess who? Their arch rival in the division the in Falcons. the South. The Falcons. What a game that is, Rank. And then how about this one? The Chicago Bears going down to Big D to play Tony Romo. Look at these juicy first-round matchups. I say if that happened, New Orleans would uh, would steamroll Atlanta, so they would move on. They would go out to San Francisco. What a second-round game that is. And then Dallas and Chicago. I say Dallas would win that one. You would have Romo paying a visit up to Lambeau. What a good Ooh. one that is. And then you get the New Orleans Green Bay. Fun. Let's do this every week, Rank. I Absolutely. like playing this game of, of how these too. things would work out. All right, so uh, black tie. What uh, What say you, fellas? I think I have a guest that meets Adam Rank's earlier criteria. What? Really? And yep. who is it? Wait, hold on. Let me guess. Fred Dreyer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Please not say it's not Fred Dreyer. How about, Please oh. say it's not Hunter. How about this? Dieter Brock. Ah, oh, there you go. Rank, well played. I sir. actually was about to say that, so that would have been the first time. Ah, right, Black Tie's not it. on the board yet. We, if, you, if this is your first way, time listening to the podcast, that's the game we play. Who can organically reference uh, Dieter Brock? But we've got a, a listener who's been keeping track. Mm-hmm. His name's Dan. He's a listener, and he says that when you mention it with a guest, that counts for two. So wait, does that count for two? No. No, the guest is not on yet. The guest is about to be on. Are you ready? So they're listening to it. Who is it? Why don't you lay it on us? Drum roll, please. Go ahead, Black Tie. Who is it? Carolina Panthers, number 89, Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Wow. He's on the line right now? He is. Go ahead. Excellent. All right. Awesome. All right. Let's get right to him. This will be fun. He's uh, Cam Newton's new best pal. Steve Smith. What's going down, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, It's great great to join you and kick this off and, uh, hang out for the next couple of weeks and uh, make this a weekly uh, thing. Yes, yeah, so we oh, should make this a weekly yes. thing, Steve Smith. Anytime. I like, I like, uh, I like uh, what you're talking about there. So how are you, man? Nice resurgence for you and for the Panthers. You got the, the new guy, number one, in the fold there. Things are looking up, right? Yeah, they're, they're looking real good. Um, you know, I mean, we, we, we don't have an, as many wins as we'd like, but, uh, you know, we got a lot to build on. Uh, you know, we missing some key 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 players as far as uh, with the short off season, but I think uh, you know hopefully uh, we'll keep building on this and maybe next year uh, do uh, do even better and exceed expectations. Yeah, when you have a player like Cam Newton, does it make it a little bit easier to kind of take the losses, knowing that the future looks bright, especially in the NFC South where teams seem to turn the page so quickly? No, <laughs> it does not. Um, you know, for me, I, I don't, I don't like losing. So you, it, it's not that I got to get used to it. You know, you just gotta, you gotta temper it a little bit and understand that uh, it's a process. And uh, you know, as old ad says, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. I hear you, and um, you know, like we say, things are looking up for you guys. But at what point, you know, in the summer, you know, we, we've been hearing about it, that maybe Steve Smith wants to get out of Carolina and go to a team um, that, uh, you know, is is uh, more is going to be winning games more immediately. Was it really the first time you go out on the field and you see Cam Newton throw the ball? Was that the moment you said, I'm not going anywhere? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to say exactly what happened. But, um, you know, it's a process um, in the situations. And, and, and for me, it was really... Uh, it was a thing where home was important, 
and, and work came second. And uh, so I just try to keep that in mind. I think that's the best thing that I can do, and, and that worked best for, for me and my situation. How long were you on the field with him before you realized how special of a player Cam Newton was? I mean, you always know a guy is special. But I think what what you really start to see is is um, when a guy starts to play in real football. You know, we I, I played um, I played with 176 receivers in my career, hmm. uh, whether they were in training camp for a day or, you know, they're in training camp for the whole training camp got cut, um, or even that includes Lucien Muhammad and my assistant wide receivers coach Ricky Pro. now. Um, I see a lot of guys that have a lot of potential. Once the lights come on, they get a little stage fright. So I really don't pay attention too much of what a guy, how good a guy looks in practice. You know, um, it, you, when the games go, that's when you can really tell a guy has it or he doesn't have it. Doesn't have it. Is that? But have you actually tallied up the one seventy six? Is that an actual figure? Yep. That's a that's, what? What that's made not a, that's not a number I just grabbed out of the sky. <laughs> Where did you? you know, uh, what? Why? What? What uh, compels you to keep that list? Well, I mean, you know, it was a long golf season, and I started to really think about okay, what is important to me? What's what's going on? You know. Uh, how many guys have I played with, have I liked, disliked, or I felt uh, didn't take advantage of the opportunities? So I literally started, I got on the computer. Technology is a great thing, but sometimes it hurts you. Uh, hmm. I went on there and I looked at all the old rosters. And going into training camp, ex- excluding myself, we've had between 11 to 12 wide receivers going into training camp for the last, for me, for the last 11 years. Now, give or take, there's a year where, like, when I got hurt or a guy got hurt and they put him on IR and then they brought in another guy or traded. And so that's where sometimes it may be 12 guys that I've played with and then they'll bring in two or three other guys when somebody else gets hurt or they release them. So that means that would be maybe 13 or 14 that year. And so it just kind of added up. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, too, that you kind of went through and said who you liked and who you disliked. What was the tally on that? How many likes and how many dislikes? 10 or 15 guys I disliked. And it wasn't because they couldn't play. It was really, for me, they didn't understand or take advantage of the privilege that they had of playing. They kind of just just uh, took advantage of or felt felt entitled. And then now... You know, they're done playing, broke, have no money. Uh, you know, and now they're they're back or saying they didn't get a fair shot and, and this coach didn't like me or this player didn't help me out. When, um, you know, it, it, it's like a telephone call. Uh, it, just like it has outgoing, it has incoming as well. What about, uh, what about your old pal there from Santa Monica? What about uh, Chad85? What are your thoughts on what he's doing up in New England or not doing this season? And uh, where does – matter of fact, well, I answer that question, but I also am interested, where does Steve Smith rank on that 176? Is Steve Smith's name at number one if you were to do it based on uh, performance? You know, I, I feel like I've, I've learned from a rookie free agent all the way up to Ricky Prold and Moussa and Muhammad. Um, and why can I, how can I say that? Why can I say that? Is if you're not learning, uh, you're not really advancing or improving your craft. You're not trying to become one of the best at your business. You know, I can I can pull up on the computer and look at, you know, uh, say I go look at a receiver for the Tennessee Titans, and I can watch how he releases verse press. He may do something that I never thought of. And I can learn that technique. And so, you know, I'm always I'm always learning. Um, uh, if, if I was in college, they would say pleasurizing. <laughs> you know, I'm always looking and seeing what I can pick up from other guys. And I know other guys are doing the same. That's right, Rank. Why don't, see, that's a great piece of advice. You should be learning from me. You have a great opportunity here to learn yes. from a master, and yet you continue. From one to, of the best, and yes. I still go on my so, own. So, well, what about, <laughs> what about 85, though? What about Chad 85? What do you think about uh, about his season so far? 
Well, I mean, I know Chad a great deal, and mm-hmm. I know he's probably not happy. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not there to really say what is why or he should be or shouldn't be or what's going on. I just know, you know, he's put in a difficult p- position um, for whatever circumstance or reasons. Um, but you know, at this point of anybody's career, uh, when you are not able to get on the field for whatever reason, um, it doesn't help your future employment. My, and um, you know, but I think he's one of those guys that. Uh, he can turn it around very quickly and uh, and make people forget uh, about the last 12 weeks and, and, and finish out the season good and going into the playoffs if they if they make it or go very deep. Well, um, you know, speaking, let's talk about your situation, though, because I've always pointed to you, and I'm not saying this just because you happen to be on the line. I've often said Steve Smith, when you start ranking the best wide receivers in the NFL, the thing that you've always had to deal with is, and with all due respect, I'm sure uh, Jake, Jake DeLome is, uh, oh. you know, is a friend of yours and everything else. And you guys obviously, Panther fans obviously know uh, that you guys have had some nice runs there when Jake DeLome was, uh, was under center. But what's it like now to be with Cam Newton, who just clearly cuts a different figure? Jake DeLome didn't have the biggest arm in the world. How do you how do you stack things up? You know, Jake DeLome now catches on with Houston versus a guy like Cam Newton. Where does Cam Newton rank in terms of ability with all the QBs you've played with? I would say Cam will probably be number three. Number three? Who's yeah. two and who's number one? Well, I, I have to be honest. I would say Jake is number one mm-hmm. because Jake, you know, Jake's career is over here in Carolina. Uh, Cam is, um, he's been in the league for about 15 minutes. Hmm. So you, you, you really can't, you know, and I think that's one of the things that the media does. They jump on the train too quick and they want to throw a guy, you know, um, and say, well, he's this. But Jake played for a number of years for, uh, for various teams, for various reasons. But at the end of the day, he played a long time because he made plays. And you can't use one guy's 12 12 games and categorize that over 12 seasons for a guy who hasn't been to the playoffs, Um, he hasn't been to the Super Bowl, Um, he hasn't been in the NFC Championship game. So that's why I say Jake's number one. Number two would be a guy that's probably surprising uh, was when Jay got hurt, we brought in Vinny Vinny Testaverde. And Vinny taught me some things to this day that I have at home near my uh, nightstand. And he taught me how to run some routes. And how did the quarterback teach you how to run some routes? He taught me to run some routes. In his 16-year career, all the guys he played with, you know, Keyshawn, Wayne Quebec, you know, he played with some with some guys that I grew up admiring. Um, and so he taught me some things, and I was like, wow. And I have those notes to this day that I reference and I use, and I even give it away. The gym that he gave me, I give it away to other guys. So that's why Vinny's uh, number two, and then Cam be number three. Wow. Well, where does Cam? I'm I'm sort of surprised to hear that just based purely on physical ability, and I hear you about kissing but these guys in the – but that you can't you you can't base it all on physical ability mm-hmm. when he hasn't made he hasn't he hasn't really run and, and let's say he's a you know he's a Clydesdale he's a he's a racehorse mm-hmm. he hasn't run in a big e- events yet you know what I mean. I, I do hear you. How do you then – so let's compare him rather than to these guys who are more established and, uh, and have uh, achieved a lot of stuff with the, with their teams. How do you figure Cam Newton – talk about Tim Tebow, another guy who, as far as I'm concerned, has been way too quickly kick, kissed into this elite category. And, he's, uh, he's, and, not a, he's not elite because he hasn't won any championships. He I hasn't see. even won the AFC West champions yet. So you, you, you can't – I'm not trying to take anything away from these guys. They just Tim Tebow is never and cannot be Drew Brees according to where Drew Brees is at this moment. You know, potential is great. There's a lot of guys sitting on the corner of Los Angeles, California, that has a lot of potential. 
But it doesn't mean anything if you're not in the game. That's like me. I go That's out and sit on the host. corner in Los Angeles yeah. a lot, too. And I say, listen, I got a cannon attached to my left shoulder. I'm ready to go. And maybe, I don't know, Cam looks good. But maybe if he needs a backup, I, I'm, I'm a quality backup, Steve. You yeah. Yeah, I am, as a matter of fact. Stop it. But you talk about Jake DeLome. He landed in Houston. Would the Texans be wise just to go to Jake DeLome right here? Do you think that he could take that Texans team to the Super Bowl? As a competitor and playing him a couple of weeks, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) But does he still – I mean, I know the things ended bad in Carolina, but does he still have the potential? Because, like you said, he took the Panthers to a Super Bowl. Could he do the same now? Um, I think he could, but I I really don't know, um, you know where he where he is physically. Uh, you know he's been out for a couple of months, and not sure what he was doing. And um, you know he was released at Cleveland, so I'm not really sure exactly where he is physically uh, to be able to uh, you know go out there and possibly throw 50 or 60 balls. Um, and it, and not to say his age is the key, but you know, he, he isn't uh, 27 years old and been practicing and go through training camps. And the reason I say that is the year, last year when I uh, didn't participate in training camp, man, I was hurting. And I really, I really understood why training camp is important. What do you so you you haven't seen those Texans yet, but you have seen the Packers. You of course have seen the Falcons and and uh, um, and uh, New Orleans. What team stands out to you right now as the team that you think's getting out of the NFC when it's all said and done? The NFC or the NFC South? The NFC. Who do you think's going to go to the Super Bowl? I think uh, the Packers are going to be right up there. I think uh, the the Bears would be right there, and I think the Saints would be right there. Um, I'm really not sure who would be there because all these guys that I talk about, their defense has the potential to give up big plays, and they have a very potent offense. But when your defense is a little bit suspect, uh, if they pick the wrong day, you know, you can come up short. Well, yeah, that's, you know, that's what I'm thinking about is the Packers have – that's sort of been a story that people are talking about more and more is that their secondary can be had. What do you think about that? Well, you, you, like I say, you and Cam made some noise against them when you – what was that, week two or week three when you guys hooked up? Do you get a sense that that secondary can be had and if a guy like Tom Brady went, went up against it, he would, he would torch him? I just – I don't really believe that. Torch him, I just think they have um... – to weaknesses that at times that, you, you know, you could quickly move the ball down the field, and then there's times where you could stalemate. And so with a team like that, if uh, if you can make some plays on the defense and then maybe get luckier versus them on offense, you know, you could easily uh, be up a touchdown or, or, or be in the game and, uh, you know, and just don't, like, like with the uh, Saints when they they ran that play at the end of the play, the end of the game to lose, running that um, draw up the middle. I mean, I think if they had went off tackle or or a little uh, play action pass, I think it would have been a uh, different result. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. People forget that game, that the Saints just have this undefeated thing, and I think they are going undefeated, Steve. But it's, I uh, think so, too. I, oh, do you really? Yeah, I think they will. Do you think that uh, – do you agree with me on this? This is uh, a crazy statement, or at least I've gotten heat for making it. I say Aaron Rodgers is the best uh, quarterback I've ever seen. How say you? Well, you know, I am I grew up 49ers fan, so hmm. I can't really say ever. <laughs> but uh, Oh, so you think Elvis Gerbox is the best ever? No, I, I said I grew up <laughs> – 49ers, Elvis Gerback was not considered a 49ers quarterback. (laughs) um, You know, Joe Montana, Steve. Oh, Joe Montana. I see. see. That's who you're talking about. Which one of those two is the best? Hey, wait a minute. You're from Los Angeles, and you grow up a 49ers fan? Well, uh, the Raiders games got blacked out a lot, so we got the 49ers games. Mm -hmm. And Jerry Rice, obviously, receiver. 
That hurts my heart. As a guy who grew up rooting for the Los Angeles Rams, that hurts my heart that somebody in my own town. Wouldn't that was... be a nice thing, though? Well, how, how about this? Did you know the receiver for Utah, uh, Anderson, you know his dad is Flipper Anderson? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Oh, how about wow. that? Look at that. How cool is that? And how about here's another thing that would be cool. You're you're the uh you might be the if I had to name the greatest uh Carolina Panther in history, you would have to be right up there. You might be number one. He is number one. No, Sam Mills is number one. Sam Mills, yeah, was Good definitely one. a great uh number fifty one, yep. of course. But uh you'd be up there too, and so I'm sure you'd like to, you know, continue that continuity with, with your career. But what about if the Rams end up moving back to LA? That'd be pretty nice, uh, you know, spend one last season wearing the LA Rams uniform. How about that, Steve? No, Smith? not me. Yeah, no. no, no. He grew up a 49ers fan. We don't want him. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I, I don't want to uh, play in that life. Too many tickets. I'll have to do. <laughs> that makes sense. But you talked about Utah. What do you think about their first year in the Pac-12? I got to be honest. I'm a little disappointed. I thought that they would win the South, but that game against Colorado was was terrible. The USC game was a little bit fluky. But what do you think about them so far? Well. I'm talking as a booster and a pain alumni. Mm-hmm. I have a, a, a endowment, $250,000 scholarship that me and my wife has donated to the school. And so I want to see wins. I, I don't want to see us coming up short. You know, we, we've moved up. Uh, we've um, gotten money from the former players and, and increased our facilities and done all that stuff. And I think we need to uh, recruit, uh, go back to recruit and get some of these uh, good players that they've gotten past. I think they've gotten away from it. And I think it's starting to affect them because they're playing SC and some of these guys and they're losing off pure speed. What do you would think? Well, because now Utah, like uh, Rank says, there, there, you're now a Pac-12 guy. What do you think about uh, LSU and Bama getting to play in the national title game? To me, Stanford deserves the shot. Stanford goes out there; they're the one team out there that can knock off uh, LSU if they go head to head. How say you? They can't. The speed. Too much speed, you Not say. Too much speed. Um, those, those they're good guys. Um. They have some smart players. They got some great strategists, but uh, they don't have a secondary, and they can't keep up with the speed. Hmm. Um, and uh, and one last question for me, uh, Steve, is uh, Carolina. What do you think of those uniforms? Our uniforms? Yeah. Uh, well, we're going with Nike, uh, so the Nike people are walking out. Uh, walking in when we were walking out to practice, and I kind of told them to uh, help us out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like the – I kind of like the black jersey and silver pants. I love the blue, but uh, the white makes me look – it makes a lot of guys and myself look fat. <laughs> I don't think you're the, the the first name that comes to mind when I think of uh, Carolina Panthers who look fat in the white. But do you like the all white getup though with the powder blue? You think that looks okay, or the, or or is it just uh, you're you're worried uh, that it, it's making you look too chunky? Well, I I think you need to have a little more accent of blue. You know I see. that powder blue, that teal blue looks great, but I think we need a little bit more. The whitest we look too. I see. What about black pants? Maybe that would be this the the resident. Okay. How about a black helmet? Yes. I love the idea. I love where your head's at on this, Steve. You've got juice. I'm the uniform monitor, as you surely know. If you and I work on this together, I'm sure we can get something done over there. Yeah, we could, but I don't think they will like the flamboyantness of uh, my my uniform creativity. All right. Well, listen. Let's let's not uh, let's not put this fire out before it really gets going. I want to let Steve Smith, Dave Damashek working it out and getting the Carolina Panthers better uniforms and uh, rank. I'm not involved in the uniform. Or no, you're no. not at all. Okay, no, no, you're not involved. I'm just asking if you have anything more for Steve. He's given us a great deal of time. No, no, no I appreciate the. You know, I just think it shows a lot about how much how much the Dave Damashek Broadcast Center Studio 66. At NFL Network means to people when Steve Smith would take time out of his busy day to stop by. That's a great. That's a great honor for us. 
I'm multitasking anyway. <laughs> I'm watching uh, the league right now. Uh, I'm watching all his past plays. What are you watching right now? Tlaib, uh Oh, Akeem Talib. I thought you were. I, I yeah. didn't know what you were talking. about. I was like, "What is that show?" Yeah, I was, yeah, I was watching. I'm watching it on the uh, sound. <laughs> um, all right, you watch Talib. We'll let you go. And um, but yeah, maybe we could do it. Uh, would love to do it again. Maybe in front of the playoffs, we could get your uh, your insights on the NFC and AFC. One last thing, though, actually, uh, before I let you go, Tim Tebow. What would it be like for you, a competitor, a guy who wants to win? They're five and one in Denver with him under center. But man, as a wide receiver, that would have to be pretty unsatisfying. Getting maybe two targets a game. Would you be cool with playing with a guy like Tebow? You know. He, he, Here's the hard part about that. You want to win, and you also want to be involved in the winning process. And I think that's the part that people kind of misgrew um, receivers or players. You know, oh, he's selfish. You know, you want to be involved in a win. Um, just like a, a running back doesn't want to just pass block all day, and a receiver doesn't want to run block all day. Um, so, you know, if you run a route, you you know you have the expectation of receiving a you know more than one pass or a bad ball. So um, you know I'll take the wins, but what happens is you get you prepare yourself or you set yourself up for failure if you can't adjust. If you can't all of a sudden if you just play that run the ball run the ball run the ball and then all of a sudden when you have to pass you don't you, you guys don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have the timing down. You don't have any of that things. And so the analogy I use that I've actually used with the former coach that's there um, that was here is I have a well in my house. And right now with the winter, you have to winterize it. If you hmm. don't winterize it and it all, you know, and the water freezes in the pipes, come spring when you try to use it, it's not going to work. <laughs> That's pretty good. You pass that one on to Coach Fox? Yeah, he didn't like that one. <laughs> I liked it. All right, well, listen, great stuff, uh, Steve Smith. Again, thanks for making the time, and uh, we'll let you get back to watching film of Aqib Tlaib now. All right, appreciate it. All right, hope to talk thanks, to you Steve. soon. Be well. Wow, good stuff, Rank. I like this fella. Black tie. He, You heard what he said there. He nice said job, first of all. Week. Kudos to you. Great get there. And he said he wants to be on every week. Make that happen. Steve Smith every week. Call him right back now right. and book him. Yes. No. Never too early. No, he's well, a, you know what? That would you look heard too the man. Eager. He's busy watching film right now. Okay? He would look not on Tuesday. And it would fun. seem too eager. You know, you don't want to call him right back. Hey, can we go on another date? No. We, no can I say this, though? Three-day rule. Three-day rule. We'll wait. Then we'll call. No, okay. I, I just send text messages. I don't call. I, I I was I felt a little undercut. It was a great uh, it was a great conversation, except for then when you said, uh, "Hey, you know what? A, what an honor for him to call in." And he said, "Well, I'm multitasking anyway." It also hurt my heart when he started talking about the 49ers. Yeah, a young man growing up in Los Angeles that had to hurt. I, I would have accepted Raiders. It makes sense, okay? Because there's the divide between Los Angeles. And the other parts of Southern California, Orange County, Riverside, San Bernardino counties. I've heard of. I, so I know the areas of. Uh, do you know Southern California? Do you know? Oh. Yes. I never. The I Tony parts. I didn't know you went south of Culver City. I try not to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, but the the good news is it looks like we're going to uh, get a team in LA. It might be very soon. Who knows? The Vikings that lease is no. up in five weeks. Nope. Who knows? They might move down. Jacksonville. Nope. Maybe they'll go to St. Louis, no, and those Rams will move here, and that would be yeah. perfect. I can't Minnesota, imagine a better story. Keep Minnesota in, or keep Minnesota in Minnesota. That makes sense. Keep the Vikings in Minnesota. Keep yeah. the Jags in Jacksonville. The only thing that really makes sense, the Rams in Los Angeles. I'd love it. As, as long think, as they go back to their 70s uniforms. And they I can't wear you, that ugly uniform. And you think you heard Steve Smith. If you could tell by the tone in his voice, I think he agreed with all that. That it should be the Rams in L.A. And he also uh, agreed with Dave Damashek that a uniform ma- uh, change is in store for Carolina, so we have to get to work on that. The uniform monitor will do that ASAMP. All right, well, listen, rank, nice work, black tie, exceptional work, breaking uh, you know, breaking us in here in the uh, in Studio 66. Thanks to the great Steve Smith. That was a, that was a, a swell Pretty time cool. yapping with him. Look for the Sheck to the Future picks coming up in the next uh, day or so on NFL.com. We'll be back for more Hooey and Applesauce later on. And, and next time, hear me now, Black Tie.
taking calls from we got this state-of-the-art facility we now must bring in the Czech Republic and hear their voice in full throat that happens on the next episode episode number 37 aka the Lester Hayes episode Mm. a little uh, little sneak preview but in the meantime thanks so much football fans it's been a thin slice of heaven hey cut the music real quick this is this is kind of an outrage this is the first podcast, this is episode 36, but this is the first podcast ever created in the Dave Damashek Broadcast Center, Studio 66 at NFL Network. And we're only going to have one guest. We're only going to do one. I think we need to do something special. And I know Mr. Hollywood's running out the door. Hey, Dave, do you think it would be cool if we do an Adam Rank Gridiron podcast for kids? Dave? Hey, Black Tie, what do you think that wave meant? Doesn't matter. Let's just do it. You want to do it? Let's do it. I think the fans demand it. And at, let's do it. I say, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you do ready I have music that? for this? Is there music going or anything? I know I have my own theme song, but I'm not sure I have. I think we need to get somebody to work. We need, we need, oh, we do have this. Why don't you cue it up and then we'll get started. This is, it, hey, you know, like, like I said, special day. Hit my music. Welcome to the Adam Rank Football Show. Greetings, football enthusiasts. It's your football amigo, Adam Rank, for a very special edition of the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids, episode number three. And it's a tradition that we've taken from the Dave Damashak football program. We like to count down the people who wore it best. So we'll be looking at number three, all-time number threes. And since uh, I'm sitting out here on a ledge by myself, I'm going to go out. I'm going to start... Thinking of some, and I'm going to throw it like Carson Palmer wore three when he was with USC, and now he's doing it with the Raiders, and that would mean Daryl LaMonica. Um, Angels, I know Gene Mock wore three, but that makes it bad because it's Gene bleeping Mock because of what he did in 82 and 86. Johnny Ray, I'm pretty confident, wore three for the Angels. Gary Gaetti, Brandon Wood made it terrible. Lakers, uh, Sedale Threet. He wore number three, and I know Dave likes to talk about Frank Corral of the L.A. Rams. His three field goals sent the Rams to their only Super Bowl appearance, Super Bowl fourteen, where they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-19. So I'm going to say, if I narrowed it down, Carson Palmer, Frank Corral, Sidale Threat, of all the people who wore number three, I'm going to give it to Carson Palmer. Heisman Trophy, hard to top that. Best person to wear number three all time, Carson Palmer. Congratulations. Well, let's cut to the chase. Nobody wants to hear my yapping. Pleased to be joined right now with the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, a guy who just seven days ago, ten days ago, was asking to be released by the Washington Redskins. Please welcome to the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids, Mr. D'Angelo Hall. D'Angelo, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just got out of practice, but, uh, you know, feeling good. Well, that's what I wanted to ask, because the last I heard you were asking to be cut. That didn't happen, right? <laughs> No, it didn't happen. I still have a job. So, okay, well, that's, that's uh, good then. That. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> now, it's been a couple of crazy weeks for you. How do you how do you feel right now? I mean, I feel good. You know, I feel good. Um, obviously, as a team, we're probably, you know, we're not where we want to be as far as, uh, you know, the win-loss column. But, you know, we're getting better. You know, the, you know, the guys out here fighting week in and week out. And, uh, you know, this, this time of the season, you know, that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. And now you were selected as the NFC Defensive Player of the Week after your performance against Seattle. How did that feel to kind of come out and get that performance out of the one that you were a little uh, disappointed about two weeks previously? You know what? It feels good. You know, it feels good anytime you, uh, <clears throat> you know, you, uh, you know, you rebound. You know the way you want to. Um, you know, come out that Dallas game. It was a game I felt like, you know, we as a team. You know, we played that game. Um, you know, mm-hmm. both times we played Dallas, I felt like we played good enough to win that game. Now, um, you know, me, me being a captain of this team and a captain of the defense, you know, I felt like, you know, the onus is on me to make that, you know, make that play to, you know, kind of seal the, seal the win for us, and I didn't do it. So, you know, we're definitely disappointed anytime, you know, you have some adversity and you can bounce back, you know, the way we did as a team and the way I did uh, personally, you know, it feels great. Because you did make the play against Seattle to secure the win, but one play I wanted to talk about in particular happened at the end of the first half, I think it was, and you kind of – you were down in the. You kind of got a, a little bit of the business from the Seahawks, where you kind of took a knee after a play. Did something happen? Were you spiked on a play, or what happened? Do you know the play I'm referring to? Uh, I do, I do. I kind of felt like I got stepped on uh, intentionally mm-hmm. um, by, uh, by one of their guys, and uh, you know, I tried to get up and uh, you know, kind of felt something in my leg, and I was talking to the ref at the same time. 
and uh, you know, I kind of tried to walk it off. And you know, when I walked it off, I tried to keep walking. I kind of felt felt a little twinge in my uh, you know in my groin area, and you know, that's kind of when I you know when I went down for a couple plays. Mm-hmm. And you listen, I, I assume that you were like me. You watched what Nagamik and Sue did against the Lions, and you're like, hey, how is this happening to me? Yeah, yeah, probably. You know, definitely wasn't 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 that severe of a uh, of a stomp. You know, the guy was kind of getting up. But at the same time, you know, me and him had a couple words early in the game, and we were continuing, you know, to go back and forth. So, you know, I did kind of feel like it was, uh, you know, it was a little personal. Uh, now, you said it wasn't too severe. You said it was to the groin. Any stomp to the groin is severe in my book. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't uh, what the love type, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, shake it off for a couple of plays and get back out there and keep keep fighting with my team. Well, obviously you did that as you guys went out and you got the win. But I want to go back two weeks ago and after, and I alluded to this at the top, where you came out and obviously, you know, you lose a game against a rival and you're emotional and you say something like, you know, I, I want to, you know, this team should release me. What would have happened if you would have walked in the next day and the coaches were like, yeah, you're you're released. See you later. Well, I mean, my words weren't just, hey, you know, you know, we lost the game. You guys should cut. You know, my words were, uh, you know, I felt like at the, you know, at the end of the season, we're all going to get evaluated. And, you know, after the performance, I, you know, I laid out here on the field. I don't know if I'm going to be here next year. Um, you know, I never said go out there and cut me. You know, I grew up in Washington, played, uh, played college ball in the Virginia area. Um, you know, this was a place I always wanted to be. So, you know, this is a dream job for me to, you know, to be a Washington Redskins. So, you know, there's no other place I would rather be. But, you know, you know, definitely going against the Dallas Cowboys, that's a game in a week that, uh, you know, the owner gets up for the front office, all the fans, myself included, growing up, knowing the rivalry and how intense it is. And I wanted it so bad. You know, I wanted it mm-hmm. so bad. And to have it right there to tip my fingers and, and not be able to reach it or claim it, um, you know, it, it was tough. It was tough. And, you know, like I said, um, you know, I'm, I, you know, I feel like I'm a great player in this league, and you know, I feel like those are plays that I need to make and I should make, um, you know, in order for us to win those kind of games. And you know, it was a barn burner that, you know, that I, you know, we can't get back, and you know, we won't see those guys again until next year. And definitely frustrating that we can't get another crack at them. Absolutely, and I understand a number of players reached out to you after that. It was Ben Roethlisberger, Chad Ochocinco. Did you get a lot of support from around the league? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry Fitzgerald too. You know, we're real close friends, and uh, you know, he just told me to keep my head up. Even before the Seattle came, uh, Chris uh, Clemens, their their DN. You know, he's a pretty good player too. He came up to me, man. He was just like, man, don't ever get down on yourself. You know, da 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 da. You're a great player, and I'm like, yeah, man. You know, I know. You know, I'm, I'm definitely. You know, I got so many calls. I started to think I was telling guys, I'm not on suicide watch, man. <laughs> you know, these guys were calling me like I was about to, you know, retire or uh, or quit the National Football League, and that definitely wasn't the case. But uh, you know, I was definitely critical of myself, man. You know, I put a lot of pressure on myself to go out and make plays, and you know, I feel like I'm a playmaker, and to have the opportunity to actually win the game against the Dallas Cowboys, and you know, I had, you know, I had a moment similar to that uh, last year at home, and you know get that strip and run it in for a touchdown right before half to ultimately give us the win. Um, you know, I wanted that same feeling. I think everybody in that locker room did too. And it's the Cowboys and it's emotional. And I know as a guy, who, <laughs> you know, it's true. And you, you know, I, I think with the key, you don't want to lose to Tony Romo. Is that what I'm getting from you? Uh, it, it's not necessarily Tony <laughs> Romo, man, but those stars on them helmets, man, you know, us and, you know, us and those guys, you know, we, you know, we genuinely don't get along, uh, during the course of the game. After the game at Pro Bowls and things like that, we'll laugh it up. You know, we'll have fun, hang out. But, you know, while we're on that field and, you know, they have cowboy helmets on and we have red skin helmets on, it's, it's uh, you know, it's made it, made it, made it best survive. Yeah, see, I don't want you laughing with the Cowboys after the season's over. I want you to still hate them. I want the rivalry <laughs> there. But it's funny, and it's also another thing, too, because I grew up in Southern California and I grew up going to Los Angeles Rams games down at Anaheim Stadium. And there's the Cowboys fans come from everywhere, and they whatever your home team is, and you see, you just don't want those fans going home happy. I think that's the big thing too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, they actually packed pack FedEx feel pretty good, and we wanted we wanted to send them home disappointed. But you know, like I said, we didn't get it done. Um, you know, and it's definitely frustrating. But uh, you know, to come out come out in Seattle, you know, which is a good football team, to come out of their place, you know, a tough place to play with a win is you know it was huge for us. Absolutely. And so now you guys got the Jets this week, another tough matchup for you guys, but you're rolling a little bit preparing for the Jets this week. You got Santonio Holmes, you got Plaxico Burris on the other side, but let's, let's be honest. Mark Sanchez, would you agree? Is he the worst quarterback in the league? 
Okay, John. Okay, that wasn't fair because John Skelton's in the league. How about second worst? Were they? Were, were just, <laughs> No, man. Sanchez is a good quarterback, man. He's a young guy. He's still kind of learning, learning how to, you know, how to run and control that, uh, you know, that offense. But you know, he got those guys to, uh, you know, two AFC championship games, you know, over the, you know, his first two years in the league. So he definitely knows, you know, what it takes to win, you know, to win games. You know, things just haven't been, haven't been going their way, you know, so far this season. But uh, you know, they're playing good football. You know, they're gonna run the ball. They're gonna pass the ball to the great receivers. And they're gonna play great defense, and you know we, you know we definitely look forward to the challenges of them coming to our place to play. No, obviously he's much maligned, and of course I'm just kidding. I don't think he's the worst quarterback in the league, not even the second, maybe the third, but no. But he gets maligned. Well, you, but you're able to watch tape on him this week. Are there things that the average fans not seeing that you guys are able to see where you're like, you know what, that guy does a pretty good job. Um. You know he's pretty accurate. You know I don't think you know I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for being being as accurate as he is, or just being as uh, you know as composed as he is in certain situations. Like I said, the ball just hadn't really bounced their way, uh, you know, in in certain games. And you know that's kind of how it how it is in the league. Sometimes you you know you can throw the ball into three, four people around your receiver, and you know your receiver still catches the ball. Sometimes you can throw it one on one. And he gets picked off, and you know that's just kind of how the league is. The very, very equal, equal opportunity kind of, kind of employee the National Football League is. And each week, you know, it's a different challenge, and anybody can win or lose. So, um, you know, we definitely, like I said, you know, we're looking forward to the challenge. Um, you know, definitely got a guy like Rex Ryan coming in here, who's going, you know, he's going to speak his mind. He's going to let you know, you know, how he feels about every single thing on, you know, that you know that's going on on the field. So, you know, we definitely want to. Want to quiet those fans up as well as him? Yeah, you're not going to get into a war of words with Rex, are you? Though? Nah, nah, I can't win that. I can't <laughs> win that. One. He gets too much publicity. I'm just a, I'm just employee 23. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's going to want to take that challenge. One last question for you, though, before we let you go. You being a defensive back, you're uniquely qualified to answer this question. Who's the best quarterback in the league going right now? Oh man, you know. Um, that's a, that's a discussion that uh, that I think a lot of people tend to uh, tend to get into, man. But I mean, I mean, in, in a bucket, you can throw guys like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tom Brady. And I don't think you'll you'll be wrong picking any one of those guys as one A, one B, one C. You know, those three guys are probably the cream of the crop, I would say. And you guys don't get a chance to see the Broncos, but what do you make of all the Tebow mania? What would you do to prepare for a guy like that? You know what? We had to go against a guy like you know, similar to him and Cam Newton. Don't say similar. Cam's way better. Well, I'm saying <laughs> as far as the run game and mm-hmm. all the option type type looks and things like that, and you know, it was just so hard to revamp the defense to you know to key in on on the quarterback because you know when you're playing guys in the National Football League, you never really have to account for the quarterback as far as running the ball. But when you add him to the mix. You almost have to take your safety out the middle of the field to, you know, just to even up the odds because no one accounts for, for the, you know, for the quarterback. You know, you know, when I played in Atlanta, we were able to lead the National Football League in rushing, is because we ran that same kind of draw package or option package with Michael Vick, and you know, he ran for I think a thousand yards that season along with Ward Ben running for fourteen, fifteen hundred, and. I mean, I tell you what, man, it's you know, watching them do it in practice, I didn't think it was as hard, but. Mm-hmm. You know, going up against Cam Newton and trying to stop that, man, that thing is tough. So I can imagine what teams are having to prepare for going up against, uh, you know, the Broncos and Tim Tebow. Absolutely. And do you think it's something that a team could have a lot of success doing what the Broncos are doing with Tim Tebow? You know, I think so. I think so. It's kind of, you know, you know, it's positives and negatives to that. Um, you know, if you get down, it's kind of hard to fight your way back. You know, I don't think you want to specialize in doing that against teams like New Orleans and Green Bay that are going to put points on the board and, you know, in a flash or, uh, or New England, um, you know, a team probably like ourselves and other teams that tend to run the ball first, you know, you might have a chance to get ahead and, you know, just kind of rely on your defense and just grind it out. And that's what they've been able to do over the past couple of weeks. That's why they, you know, that's what they've been, they've been winning. Well, D'Angelo, thank you very much. We appreciate you taking the time of your busy week. D'Angelo, thanks for joining us today. Uh, no problem. Anytime. All right. Thanks. And that's going to wrap up episode number three of the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids. Big thanks to our guest, D'Angelo Hall. 
We continue to bring in the top big newsmakers. One great NFL interview, if I do say so myself. Thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thick slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.